Okay, with Andre Silva, Tides is a short film. It's an experimental documentary film about uh, the Masonboro uh, Island and the uh, underdeveloped barrier. You kind of film it in a certain uh, time span. It's played at the, the Environmental Film Festival, very much an environmental film. So I'm just so curious about the making of this film. Did you just, did, did, did this come by as, as Moses? Did you always, was this a, a planned film? I'm curious how it all came together for you. Yeah, so um, it, it was kind of an accidental film in a way. Um, I, you know, I've been, I, I grew up in Texas, but I've been living in North Carolina and and working at the university um, in, in Wilmington for um, about 17 years. And um, so I would say, you know, maybe about five minutes before, or not five minutes, <laughs> about five or six years before I started making uh, this film, um, I decided to to buy a kayak and kind of take up some of the, the water sports here. I'd heard really good things about like, you know, the, the, the coastal region. And so we have um, near where I live, there's an island called Masonboro Island. And it is an und one of the undeveloped barrier islands in Southeast North Carolina. And so the only way to get to these islands is by boat or, you know, by wing, you know, if you're a bird, but um, they're so, the islands, the islands are so- Wait a minute, turtles can, could they can, they can swim. Ex ex right, yeah, yeah. right, manatees okay. and <laughs> so I guess, yeah, that was okay. sharks or dolphins, right, yeah. so- um, but yeah, I mean, the, the islands are so low lying that they can't build anything on them. Um, and so, you know, people can camp out there, though, and, and, and you know, boat out there and this kind of thing. Um, so I, I really, my favorite time to do this would be, you know, I get up at 4.30 in the morning, well before sunrise, and, um, you know, get in my, get in my, my get in my kayak, and, you um, and this was just for, for pleasure. Uh, and, and I would want to get out there. Well, you know, right, you know, right before the crack of, of dawn, before any light came. Um, and it would be completely dark when I headed out and, um, and I would just kind of enjoy, uh, being out there and, and, and hearing kind of, you know, everything was silent except for like the squawk of a bird or like the distant ocean waves or this kind of thing. And I really enjoyed the way, you know, during, you know, as the sun came up, just the way the light changed on the grass and, uh, you know, the tree, you know, the trees and the beach and everything out there. Um, and I think I, so it was all just for pleasure that I would, that I would kind of enjoy this. And, and during this time I was working on, I was work, working on an animated film that would take like three years to complete and and was very time you know labor intensive a lot of time at the computer and I needed a break so I thought well you know I, I want to what if I made a film about this area that I really like going you know exploring in my in my kayak and I kind of highlighted that some of those things that I really that I really enjoy, which again, is that like change of light, um, the way that the, you know, different animals kind of come in and out, um, of the scenery as, as the morning progresses and this kind of thing. And so the film is split, the tides is split into three parts. And the first 
part is really like is almost exclusively a light study where I set the camera up in in one place and and just uh, do these like short like five to ten second bursts of time um, where you get to see what it, you know the light is like you know ten minutes before sunrise, ten minutes after sunrise, and so on. Um, and so it really is kind of a light study that that hits on some of these things that that I was really enjoying. Um, and that's all the film was going to be. Uh, and that was like a minute and a half. And then I decided, you know, as I got into it, like there's there's much more of an internal aspect to my experience being out there as well. Um at Masonboro Island, which is like, you know, when I'm out there and it's, you know, really quiet, there's a lot of time to think and sort of reflect on, you know, on various things. And so I wanted to, to bring some of this internal space into the film as well. Um, you know, philosophical kind of yeah. meanderings kind of thing. <laughs> no, and the, that became it's, it's philosophical. It's, it's insightful. Yeah. But how about yeah. insights? Yeah. Yeah. Like insights. Yeah. So, um, so I, yeah, so that that made its way into the film as well, um, and so I you made it personal. I, you made it a personal mm -hmm. kind of film where, like, we were like the first worry was that they were at like at a distance, but there's no nothing wrong with that. But then you kind of brought the emotion mm -hmm. to the film with your per, kind of personal anecdotes. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know I feel like I, I you know I just think about in environmental films that I've seen and. You know, um, there are a lot of films out there, I feel, that that cover, and I think rightfully so, that cover some of the, like, issues, you know, climate change or global warming or ocean acidification or this kind of thing from a very sort of nuts and bolts, data-driven standpoint. And I think that that's useful. But um, I wanted to make this film because I think something that I don't quite see or I didn't quite see as much at the time um, is like this sort of personal aspect, you know, what is it that, you know, what is it that can really bring a person into sort of an appreciation for the environment, you know, that's this very sort of visceral connection. Um, and so I wanted to create a film that was, was something along those lines, because I think about the things that when I, you know, that made me have like this strong interest in the environment. And it wasn't, necessarily seeing data-driven environmental documentaries it was it you know went back to when i was four years old and there was a tree like um you know out out in front of our house that i used to climb all you know every day and it was called an ear tree and there were because there were these ear pods that i would collect and so i would go and climb the tree and it's a very horizontal tree so i easy for a four-year-old to climb and i think that's you know it's things like that that made me really interested in like in, in, in sort of the uh it's it's a tricky term the environment or nature this kind of thing because you know it, it separates us from that realm so some yeah. the term that i've heard that i really like is the more than human world um because i think it's it, so i would say like something that fostered that relationship with the more than human world was was direct experience and i think that's something that um not just in this film, but but future films that I work on that that have to deal with this realm. I really want to infuse some of that personal experience because I think that's you know to me that's what what has like the most effect. 
So then I was just uh, the, the this film was funded by the help was some of it was funded by the the North Carolina Arts Council. So how does that work? You just you write a grant and like kind of like a certain pop, certain percentage of people get some money to may help make your films. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, it, it varies like, you know, with, you know, I know, and I know a lot of grants are like this, but with, with the North Carolina arts grant, I actually got, um, I got funded to make, um, you know, I, I, I received funding to actually work on, on another film, but really what they do is they kind of fund the artist like in, in, in sort of the artist mission and this kind of thing, um, more than, you know, any one particular film itself. I suppose there are instances where if somebody's working on like a really time consuming, like, you know, costly project, you know, maybe all that money does go into that particular film. But in my case, the grant was more funding time to exist as an artist. So um, that that time frame included Tides, but it also included um, another completely different film that I worked on called Revelation to the Disembodied. Um, so yeah, and I know a lot of a lot of grants work like that, where they it's like the you know the the money that they give. Sometimes it can be for like travel or this kind of thing. Um, or sometimes it can be like money to, you know, exist as an artist. And this honestly was not a very, it, it was the cost of making the film was almost nothing. I mean, it was like, you know, if I had to like itemize it, it might be like gas money, you know, 20 minutes to driving 20 minutes to my house and back or something like that. I mean, it was, it was pretty negligible. But just like I guess the time for you to do it, I guess, right? If that, exactly. matters, if that matters, right? So right, right. What yeah. do you I mean, yeah. So I was gonna say, what do you teach at school? Um, so I you know, I, I cover a couple of different things. I mean, the the primary thing that I'm teaching now is animation and specifically 2D animation. That's oh wow, okay. That's kind of the thing that um you know, that's, I think the thing that differentiates me from the other faculty in my department. Um, but I am getting more into, um, in, you know, an environmental documentary angle as well. And, I'm you know, I teach a class, for example, and I'll be teaching a class next spring called Classroom in the Wild. And one of the things that they're going to do is they're going to go out to Masonboro Island and, and record image and audio. But we also look at, uh, you know, we're also going to another area as well and you know the idea of the class is sort of this more contemplative um engagement with with the environment so there, i do a little bit of that but i think animation so far has been or 2d animation has been kind of the the main thing that i do and you've been teaching for the last 17 years there correct yeah and then you're able to do your own kind of like passion films on the on the side Right. In fact, I mean, the, yeah, exactly. And the, and the thing is, like, you know, with, I guess, most universities, you're, you're, you're expected to, you know, it's that, that dictum of like publish or perish, but in, in film, it's like, you know, you got to make film and you got to send it out to festivals and you got to play festivals. And it's part of the, you know, becoming like a tenured professor. It's like, you have to create you know we're expected to make work and get it so out are you, you know, tenured kind of 
You're a yes. tenured professor? Yes. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, you were asking about the grants earlier yeah. and, um, you know, so, you know, if I already have a job, why do I need, you know, the grant? It's like, well, it actually helps with things like, you know, I don't, <laughs> it was, it was nice that, to not have to teach. Like I do enjoy teaching summer school, but, um, you know, I, I do teach summer school also because we have to supplement like our income. And so sure. the grant allows me to take, you know, no. take the summer off and, yeah. and just work on, on, you know, on my work and have that time to do that. And then somebody else who needs the money can, can teach her to can teach summer school. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. So everybody wins, right? Everybody wins. <laughs> and so then like, we get the, and people get to see your films. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it, it really is like in order to be, I, I mean, I feel my experience has been in order to be like a, a good teacher, I feel like I have to make films. I can't really, you know, it's not just about like knowing the nuts and bolts. Like you have to have that continuous practice in order to, I guess, um, then be able to sort of convey some of that to, to students. So I just finished watching that Lucky Hank uh, TV show about like kind of like being a tenure, like being a professor in that academian world. And it's something mm -hmm. that we never that don't really see that often in film. And I I know people are, have had their, their different thoughts on, on the on the show, but I thought it was fantastic. And and just kind of showing that kind of world. Right. I know it's probably a little I don't know if you'd be able to see it. But I'm sure it's a I'll little bit. I'll check that out. It's called Lucky Hank. Yeah, Bob Oven, Golden Kirk, okay. you know, from uh, Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's basically the world of kind of like a, a mid, like kind of like a Pennsylvania made up university. And it's about these like, and they work in like the English department. It's about like, and they're all tenured professors. And it's sort of like this kind of minutia, kind of <laughs> academia, the world of academia and what that right. means. Right. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's yeah. a comedy, but it's got yeah. it's got very dramatic kind of moments, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so I, sorry, I was just because I was just I kind of I, no I got interested in that kind of world, right? Where, where because yeah, we I, well, I went to school and 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 went to university, and but you don't really have a connection to the to the to the faculty, or at least I didn't, right? So it's just like mm -hmm. they have worlds too, right? So they and like 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 yourself, like you're doing this. It's almost like your second job in a sense, like making these films and doing all this creative work that you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's actually been really nice. I feel like, um, you know, my university, I mean, and they, it's like this with like all the faculty where, you know, we, there are certain classes that we have to teach like the intro class and somebody has got to cover editing and, you know, this kind of thing. But, yeah. but we also, there's, there is some room to develop classes that, you know, are, haven't existed before don't necessarily aren't sort of part of that curricular core and so um this classroom in the wild that i was talking about i mean this is one example so like right now i'm looking for funding for kayak rental um to go to um so one of the places i mentioned was masonboro island but there's also um another place it's about a 40 minute drive from um you know from the university from from my house called uh the three sisters swamp of the black river and it's got the oldest um oldest trees they say east of the rocky mountains in north america like trees that are like 2600 years old so that's some 
you know, that's, that's a place I want to go with the class. And so I'm like looking for, for money for a kayak rental. And I mean, it's, it, it gets you want pretty, to take the class, all the class has to go kayak. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Someone going to be able to, <laughs> to do that. Are they all going to be wanting to do that. You know, it, I, I, I haven't gone <laughs> out there before, but I, we, we have gone out to Masonboro and I tell them at the beginning of the semester, um, you know, it's, I offer it in the spring because fall is hurricane season here and it's so yeah. unpredictable. I semester in the spring, like in January, it's like, you know, hey, there are a few trips coming up and like, you know, we're going to be on the water and you're going to be paddling for about 40 minutes. So it might be good to get start a workout exercise routine if you don't have one already. And, um, you know, that kind of thing. And then the trips happen like in March and April. Um, but yeah, like, it, you know, the classes for production, the classes have to be a little smaller than like your uh, probably your average college classroom because because of the equipment and there's yeah. only so much to go around. So um, here are our classes like max out at 16 students. So yeah, we're all going to be heading out there. So checking out your website, uh, Andre mm -hmm. Silva space, uh, com, and then your Instagram, you got some pretty fantastic artwork that you've uh, oh, cool. accomplished. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. Andre Silva space.com. And then I've also, um, I also started a, a blog called Liminal Soup, and it's it's hooked up to that as well. Um, and I, I decided to start the blog because you know I'm I'm sure you're familiar with this, like running, you know, at you know being in in the middle of a film festival is like you know there's the film festival Q and A, and um, you know as a short as a short filmmaker, you, you know I've been up there with like seven, eight, ten people, and you get a you know you get a a question about your film and, you know, you, you kind of have to share the space, but there's a lot you have to, you know, one might have to say about one's film. And so what I started doing is like, you know, there's a lot I can expand on this thing. If, if anybody's really interested, you can go to my blog and I like kind of like write a lot more about the things that I'm working on or some of the concepts related to the things that I'm working on. So for example, um, there's this uh, one blog post that, that relates to um, tides and another uh, environmental film called Black River about that area that I was just talking about. And it's called um, uh, something, I think I re I'll remember this, like why I make environmental films, but I'm not interested in saving the earth. And it references those two films and just sort of like some of the, you know, some of like but my, if you could save the earth, you would you would save it, right? Like if you could, yeah. It, I think it's that idea of like you know, it's it's you know, as I as I talk about in the post, it's it's not like you know, it's not this idea of like ah screw it, you know. It's it's more this idea of like you know, in the phrase itself, like what does that mean, saving the earth? And if I'm saving the earth, then that means I'm kind of separating myself from you know, quote unquote, nature, quote unquote, the environment. So there's me and then there's the thing that I'm saving. So yeah. it's, I think the earth you know, is going to be just fine. I think it's saving. Humanity. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, we've been, you know, the, the earth's yeah. been through like, you know, comets, you know, <laughs> a lot of stuff, Yeah. but it's just, it's the birds, the birds and the, and the insects right. uh, keep living. Right. But it's, it's the, yeah, the, chi the, the chickens are laughing at us like i guess they're some of the oldest what is it chickens evolved from dinosaurs or something birds yeah um, birds are so like yeah. all the birds right right exactly yeah. so it's just like you know things like that where it's like reframing 
you know, what is, what is it, you know, what is our relationship or like looking at our relationship to the environment in a different way. But, um, but yeah, so I have, I have the blog and it, it allows me to sort of like really unpack um, some of these things that I explore in the films. Yeah. Cause the earth is reacting to us humans. Uh, mm -hmm. Like it's a, it's a dysfunctional relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. And the, the earth is like, like, fuck you. Part of my French. <laughs> like, it's like, like enough is enough guys. Like if yeah. you're going to figure it out or not, but it's like, we're going to be, I'm going to be here for the next billion, six billion years. You, you're not yeah. going to be so. Right. Don't try yeah, saving me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah. And then you guys can, then you, you have blog posts about conspiracy theories, aliens and more, which is like, this is like the, the ultimate click words for uh clickbait or like keywords for for mm -hmm. blogs conspiracy theories aliens come on like you're 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 nailing what, <laughs> what people are interested in right right yeah that i mean that that's a whole other you know i i have kind of two like i guess my pet interests go into two like primary categories and one is environmentally focused and the other has to do with like everything around sort of technology and artificial intelligence and then what that technology has provided to us which is yeah. like all these different like fragmented viewpoints and and so you get things like you know conspiracy you know conspiracy theories or you know this kind of thing and um alternate histories and yeah um, there's a lot know, of that's that kind going of on. A, yeah so there's a, that, so it's like yeah i mean that's a product of like you know that's looking at so there's the biological ecology, you know, which I cover. And then there's like the technological or, you know, um, this sort of cyber ecology, which I'm also interested in. And to me, like it's it's all an outgrowth. And that's, this, you know, this is just my thought as I feel like this is all an outgrowth of of sort of our of our natural environment or, of, of you know, of Earth. It's it's just another extension of it. Yeah. As it were. Hundred percent. Well, listen. It seems like you're a busy guy, and it's like you still got to teach, right? So, but but uh, so I'm assuming that like so like you're, you got a you, you said you have a wife and you have a family, so it's like mm -hmm. you're you're always kind of moving forward, I guess, right? So that's that's right. that's very admirable. Yeah, yeah. A lot to. I mean, it, it's good though. I feel like you know having to juggle all those different things is, um. You know, uh, we, my wife and son and I just went on a, on a road trip and we we're listening to um, uh, Stephen King's on writing. And, you know, he's talking about like this idea of the writer's retreat, you know, where people sort of go off and they have their food, you know, they're in this room and they might have their food delivered very quietly and set outside. And he's like, but and he sort of brings up this point of like, well, you know, sometimes rather than going to the writer's retreat and i'm i'm probably butchering this he's like you know it might be actually more beneficial to like have all these interruptions and like you know you got to feed the dogs and you got to do this and hey the so it's such and such is falling apart and you go you know go fix that and he kind of brings up the analogy of like you know oysters don't make pearls you know because everything is fine they make pearls because a little bit of grit gets in there and they have to you know, turn it into something. So yeah. I think, you know, I think that's all part of it too, is I think, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, you know, there are, it's, it's sometimes a challenge juggling all these things like being a filmmaker, being a dad, being a husband, you know, all this stuff. But at the same time, I think it's what ultimately kind of makes everything 
more yeah. and look know, Stephen King the biggest thing Stephen King teaches you is that you just have to grind away you have to grind it out yeah you, you have to be proficient and like just keep writing and keep doing and keep and then eventually you can mold something but if yeah. you're not doing anything then there's nothing to mold I guess right exactly right right so all right, man. Congratulations on the film. Uh, let's talk again Thank when you're doing that. I mean, you got like, seems like you got five projects going on at the same time. <laughs> you make your next right. film. I'd love to see it. Uh, and, sure, yeah. absolutely. Congratulations. Fantastic talk. I'd love to. If I'm ever in North Carolina, I'd love to audit one of your classes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, great talking to you. Thank you, you for the time. All right. Let's talk, we'll let's talk soon. Will do. Take care.